1: Because there are drinks, then there are drinks from McDonald's.
2: Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary, cannot be combined with any other offer.
1: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
3: Welcome in, everybody, to the early line, live right here on Sports Grid. Kevin Walsh and Donnie Rightside with you on this Tuesday morning. Ready to break the action down. Donnie, how are you?
4: Feeling good here on a Tuesday morning. An interesting Monday night football game, to say the least. But Major League Baseball, Kevin, is back in our live tonight as World Series Game 6 takes place in Houston. I'm ready. Two hours.
3: Let's get after it. No, doubt. I got to tell you, probably one of the rare times where Monday night football is maybe not the biggest Tuesday story in the NFL. But we begin with Monday Night Football for our 7 and 7 top headlines where the Kansas City Chiefs hang on to beat the New York Giants 20 to 17 well under the total and a very comfortable cover for the New York Giants who never trailed by more than 7 in this game but for the Chiefs I guess all they care about Donnie is getting back up to 500
4: yeah, A win is a win, as I guess what you can say from this football game if you're looking at the Kansas City Chiefs and from their perspective. They were reeling a little bit, didn't play a good football game last week, didn't play a good football game this week either, but they are lucky it was the Giants in town, and that Giants offense is the perfect tonic for a really bad defense to try to get healthy and ready to go for the rest of the season. So a 20-17 to 17 final, a little bit shocking, you over-unders, Kevin, climbed at the FanDuel Sportsbook up to around a 53 at game time. No shot for that one. And certainly, as you said as well, no shot for a Chiefs cover. The Giants covered wire to wire in this one.
3: Yeah, following along on In Play Sports tonight, at one point the Giants were getting 16 and a half, a sweat-free evening, if you're able to grab a number of that like. But as I mentioned, the NFL news and notes aplenty. Derrick Henry, the Titans' lead running back, potentially done for the season. A Jones fracture in the foot. It's indefinite for now. They're hoping he can come back. I guess Derrick Henry are never going to rule him out, but he's certainly gone for the foreseeable future, Donnie.
4: Yeah, can we say for our sake here on a rushing prop for Derrick Henry of over 10 and a half rushing touchdowns as he sits today with 10, one of the easiest prop bets you're going to win? Wait a second here. A full season perspective here that's going to get wrapped up in half a season of play? Looks like it was too good to be true, but as I say that, Kevin, if you're going to make the playoffs, which it looks like the Titans will do that, don't you have to try to work them back in the last week or two and give them a couple carries maybe on the goal line to feel good about getting into the playoffs? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm looking forward to. I need one more touchdown. Just say we need one more touchdown out of King Henry this year. Say it ain't so, boys. Get the good surgery. I want to see today, Kevin, like we always see with surgeries. Man, that surgery was the best one I ever performed. I need to see that about 2 o'clock this afternoon and have some faith. Then I need to see those little workout videos like, Derrick Henry's already running in a straight line after 10 days. That's what I
3: want to see, King Henry. Come on back. Come on back. I mean, he had two weeks to get to 11. He was throwing touchdowns instead of running them in i will say the updated titans numbers very interesting derrick henry being priced out like he is perhaps their most important player we'll break that all down we'll also break down maybe the new favorites in the nfc the la rams take your draft picks we'll take stars they add Vaughn miller to their roster donnie as they look to compete for a super bowl
4: That's incredible. So now you're going to have Von Miller and a rejuvenated Von Miller going to a winning situation here and playing on turf out in the dome. So he will be electric coming off the edge. You know, yeah, this guy named Aaron Donald in the middle that's going to push the pocket. So there's going to be many of high fives at reaching the quarterback between those two. But you are correct here, Kevin, in your thought process. The simple fact is when you have a championship-level team, you go all in to win a championship that year, and then you let the pieces fall into the future here. A second-round pick and a third-round pick is not going to help you get or have a player the way Von Miller can be on the football field. I think Denver did okay in the trade, but the big winner here, once again, is the Rams. They're going for it, and you
3: should. The radio audience is in full effect. Appreciate all those listening to the early line on Sports Grid Radio. Kevin Walsh and Donnie Wrightside with you on Tuesday morning going through the top headlines here. And also we found out it is official that Jameis Winston did tear his ACL. Plenty of question marks around the Saints quarterback position moving forward. They will play the Atlanta Falcons this week. But speaking of Atlanta, I want to keep it right on moving here because, Donnie, we have the World Series starters. It's Louie Garcia. It's Max Freed. Usually, we would be saying big edge for the Atlanta Braves. Temperature around Max Freed, maybe not as hot as it once was.
4: Nope, certainly not. FanDuel Sportsbook opened up this line as a favorite of minus 118 to Houston and is now sitting today right now at a minus 126. Tells you a lot what you need to know here. Max Fried, who you thought would be a positive for you in the World Series and the playoffs, now looks like he is a negative with his past two starts. We'll see what happens today on the diamond, but this isn't the same fervor I had for Max Fried saying, hey, he's going to lead them five, six really good innings and be a good starting pitcher. I need to see it tonight on the biggest stage in game six.
3: Two NBA headlines basically built for DRS. The Chicago Bulls, down 19 in Boston, have a monster comeback and win the game going away, nearly hanging a buck 30 on the season. Their win. And the Sixers, no Embiid, no Tobias Harris, no problem, as they beat the Portland Trail Blazers shorthanded, Donnie.
4: Yep, circled the wagons here on the Chicago Bulls this season. Look like a good venture so far here to get into the playoffs as a yes for myself. And the Philadelphia 76ers, too. I don't know who was betting the Sixers last night, but congratulations if you did. That's a big-time win.
3: Sixers team total never in doubt fade that Blazers defense. Also, the Celtics are a disaster. But we'll start it off with Monday Night Football next
2: Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer.
1: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
3: Live here on a Tuesday on the Sports Grid Network. Let's talk some Monday Night Football. The Kansas City Chiefs get the job done in the win column. But that's about it for the people 20 to 17 they beat the new york giants the game going well under as the giants cover this 10 and a half point spread with ease and I think donnie this was a spot where certainly the point spread indicated and i'm sure a lot of people thought the chiefs could get nice and fat and happy on this giants team here pick on them score in the 30s and win by double digits Not so much. Pat Mahomes, 29 of 48, 275 passing, one touchdown, one interception. The Chiefs did enough at home against now a Giants team that's 2-6. and Yeah,
4: I guess that's the best you can actually say. Again, when you pick up a win – it's always a good thing. You're never going to, ah, you know what? We'd rather have had the loss and learned a lesson. No, you'd rather have a 20-17 to 17 win. But what did you want to see out of the Chiefs, at least from my perspective, Kevin, as they go into the football game? Turning the football over at a ridiculously high clip. Patrick Mahomes, who used to sing, throw an interception once a month, throws it once a game. And you heard all the press clippings. Hey, i got to do better, as Patrick Mahomes was saying. Andy Reid, before the game, getting interviewed. Hey, i got to put guys in the right position out here so they can actually succeed. We'll all take a piece of this, but we'll get better as we play tonight. And you saw the first drive. Well, they walked it right down the football field. Then seemingly, Kevin, getting back to their old tendencies. Trick plays down by the goal line. Patrick Mahomes, you know, jumping and throwing rockets into the end zone for a tip ball interceptions. Probably should have been a touchdown, but at the same time, you get a little bit surprised. Like, hey, Mahomes is running full speed at me and throws a fastball, and it winds up being deflected and intercepted. So then you saw the second drive. Came right back down the field. Mahomes actually made a great play to throw a touchdown pass. So you're saying, to yourself, okay. Chiefs moved the football with ease on the first drive, should out a touchdown, didn't get it there. But on the second drive, they actually came up with an interception of Daniel Jones, punched it in quickly here for a quick 7 nothing lead, and off and running, it seems like the Kansas City Chiefs would roll. But that wasn't the case. Time and time again in this game, Patrick Mahomes trying to make something happen and nobody getting open. And it's so – we're not used to this, Kevin, because you take a look. You know, Tyreek Hill is such an electric wide receiver on the outside. It's so hard to defend him. And it seems like Kelsey for the past five years has been open every single play. Third and eight. It's going to Kelsey. Cover him. Double cover him. You do. Wide open, 10-yard gain in the first down. It just seems also to me like maybe Tyreek has lost a step at wide receiver, maybe because he's banged up this year, but also Travis Kelsey one of the most dominant players in the league, you take a look at him, and it doesn't look like he's moving as fluidly as he used to in the past. Now, Father time catches everybody and the usage rate and how many hits he's taken over the middle might be piling up, but the one thing is for sure, Kevin, this isn't the same Chiefs offense that we saw over the past two years.
3: To me, Donnie, it really all boils down to the turnovers. Saying this for a while now. Look, the defense is bad. Was anybody under the impression that the defense is good when they went to -to back-to-back Super Bowls? No, we know the defense is bad. Is this the worst unit? Maybe, but it's the fact that they have turned the football over significantly more than every team in the NFL. And we're talking the Jags, the Jets, the Texans. Nobody has turned the football over more than the Chiefs. And really, Don, if you look at it, they are fourth in the NFL in yards per game with only Dallas, Tampa, and Baltimore in front of them. They average more yards per game than the Rams and the Bills, who round out the top six, which shows you it's a pretty good indicator of the best offenses in the NFL, yards per game. In this game right here, Donnie, they almost put up 400 total yards of offense with 107 on the ground, and Mahomes threw for 275 passing. But what happened? Oh Well, Mahomes bounced a football off Jarek McKinnon's face, which took a touchdown off of the board. Then all reliable Travis Kelsey fumbled in Giants territory somewhere between, you know, 10 or so points, which would have put them into the thirties, come off of the board again because of turnovers. And I almost feel Donnie, like that is the answer as to why people can't quit this team. Because when it's all said and done, they do move the football, but they're not finishing drives and, For a team that we've seen put up a legitimate three-year sample size before this season of finishing drives and protecting the ball, it's hard to believe that they're going to continue to turn it over at a higher rate than every single team in the league.
4: Yeah, it's, it's certainly not the mark of an Andy Reid football team. Taking care of the football, fluid offenses here, multiple looks, and you have one of the best, or I should say one of the more talented quarterbacks that we've seen over the past 20 to 25 years in Patrick Mahomes. We thought he'd be runaway victors for MVP awards, and the Chiefs every single year be penciled in for 14 wins and multiple Super Bowl championships. They sit here four and four. There's still a long way to go in this football season where they can get it together and make some things happen, but right now, as I said, we're just not used to it, and you're right. You put it in the proper perspective. A quarterback that goes out and throws for 275, one touchdown, one interception, not a great game. You run for over 100 yards on the ground. So you're close to 400 yards. Most teams in the NFL would salivate at, hey, our average performance was close to 400 yards of offense and we still won one football game. So there are some moves that the Chiefs can make here, particularly just to get healthy. But I think just seeing Patrick Mahomes struggle a bit in the pocket where we expect him to roll out of the pocket and throw a 40-yard laser down the field to a wide-open sprinting Tyreek Hill. We're used to him throwing no-look passes on third and seven for 15 yards and saying, man, how do you stop this offense? It looks like teams are starting to slow them down by doing the old, hey, you know what, we'll give you all the underneath stuff you want because we know that you guys want to come calling and try to hit those deep shots. And the football teams right now are unrelenting and saying, you're not just going to continually pound us deep with crossing routes and Tyreek Hill and you know Kelsey 25 yards over the middle we'll give you the five and six and seven yard stuff and it looks like the Chiefs are struggling a bit but have I said that again they still won last night they have a monster game on deck here against the Green Bay Packers coming up and if they beat the Green Bay Packers at home and move to five and four then everybody's gonna get fired back up on that Kansas City Chiefs wagon but right now as you saw last night Kevin a 10.5 point spread I didn't see very many takers when were like, hey, you know what? Tonight is the Chiefs' night. And that line wasn't even
3: moving. So, obviously, there were Chiefs' backers out there. Yeah, we just just couldn't really find them, seemingly, yeah. was the issue. Yeah. The interesting thing on the other side of the field, a New York Giants team that sits in 2-6, and six, what do you take? A moral victory competing on the road against Kansas City. Daniel Jones always seemingly competitive on the road in his career. It's a group, Donnie, that – They have some performances, you know, you could say, ah, what if, right? The Washington Thursday night game, the Atlanta home game, maybe you left a little bit to be desired. Maybe this game you left a little bit to be desired. There there are some building blocks, right? A lot of times they're playing without some of their top stars, like Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard left injured in this game. What it boils down to is they're going to need to upgrade, I think, the quarterback position. And – maybe head coach as well. But I just think all in all, Donnie, Daniel Jones is going to still certainly see out the rest of this year, but it feels like we know the end result here. The Giants will be moving on and looking for a new quarterback by the time we get to the off season.
4: It looks that way, but also, and again, I'm not a Daniel Jones guy. I think he was overdrafted. I think he's an okay quarterback in the NFL and if you're surrounded with a lot of talent, he can perform because he's athletic. But if you leave that there on the table, you saw last night, the the Giants don't have very many weapons, if any, right now. Sterling Shepard goes down. Kadarius Tony hurts his thumb in that football game. You have no Kenny Galladay. And then you're trying to take a look. It's like, oh, you know, he handed off. And Devontae Booker did a, a decent job here, 15 carries for 60 yards. And then if you take a look at the leading wide receiver, who was John Ross, who's basically banished from football and reappears because there's so many injuries here on the Giants. He had two catches for 72 yards. The long of it was the 50-yarder, which he made a miraculous catch that hit him in the chest, fell down, and there was a pass interference. If that ball isn't caught there, he then has two ca- or one catch, I should say, for – you know, what, 22 yards and Daniel Jones dropped below 200. You got to step up here. Like, the Chiefs are not a good defense, but I always say you still need athletes and talent to try to abuse a bad defense. This seems like the M.O. That's three straight games where the Giants threw out a dud on offense, and I guess we're waiting for the full complement of weapons to come back, so I'll give Daniel Jones a little bit of a break here, but you got to be able to perform better under the big lights here. They're 2-6 and for a reason, Kevin, the New York
3: Giants. At the end of the day... Fourth and two on the Chiefs' five-yard line. Chance to pick up a first down. You're kicking field goals. You've got six seconds left on the clock before the half near midfield. You're taking knees. Either Joe Judge doesn't understand 2021 NFL, or he has no faith in his quarterback. Both might be true. Come right back to the early live
2: Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer.
1: ba da ba
3: The NFL keeps on ticking as there were a lot of major headlines in the NFL yesterday. Perhaps none bigger. Than Derrick Henry being out indefinitely for the Tennessee Titans. Their MVP candidate, though he was never going to win the award, he plays running back, is going to be out for the foreseeable future due to a foot injury. The initial reports were season-ending. It feels like those reports have been scaled back. But nevertheless, they move forward, Donnie, without Derrick Henry I saw they dropped from a minus 5,000 favorite to win the AFC South to now a minus 1,500 favorite to win the AFC South. Your thoughts on the Titans' outlook without Derrick Henry?
4: Yeah, it certainly doesn't help. And I always get back to the old saying for myself, at least in football, that was a complete offense, one of my favorite in the NFL. Good offensive line, solid wide receivers, great running back, good athletic quarterback, and you know a decent coach around them to put them in the right positions but you're, we're saying like the best part about this is you know he's hurt we wanted to see him get 11 touchdowns hopefully he does and comes back sooner than later mm-hmm. but it's interesting to see like hey running backs can't win the mvp but we always also talk about like on sunday when your running backs not that what is it a half of a point nobody really cares about the running back position it's all about the quarterback the wide receivers the offensive line and the cornerbacks not particularly the running backs but you see this line move on the tennessee titans from a sure fire no doubt about it winner still to just about a surefire winner. But look at that movement. As you said, minus 5,000 and minus 1,500, a running back got injured, not a quarterback, not both of your starting cornerbacks, not both of your starting right and left tackles in here, a running back got injured and shifted that much. Because you're looking at the rest of the season where it looked like after Sunday's win, if we never got any news on King Henry and what that injury prognosis was, and he was fine, they would be cruising up. Case closed. Now they're getting ready for playoffs. Like the Chicago White Sox in baseball. Hey, we got this thing wrapped up halfway through. Let's just get healthy and try to set a rotation for the playoffs over the last 60 days. But now you're looking at them being in a fight because now you're seeing the Indianapolis Colts. who are saying, boy, we're a couple games back. Hey, wait a second. They just lost their best overall player. Let's continue to fight back. Let's beat the Jets on Thursday night. Let's put the pressure back on the Titans because every loss the Titans have, mounting pressure. Will Henry come back? Can he save the day? Will they need him, Kevin, over the final two or three weeks of the season if he can rush back so they can actually win the division and get into the playoffs? But that movement there on the futures market here for the Titans shows me of the respect that Derrick Henry gets as being a dominant player in the NFL.
3: He's a dominant player, his most dominant player at his position. If fifteen hundred was a bettable number, I would be betting the number. If that dropped from minus five hundred to minus one hundred fifty, be all over the Tennessee Titans. Donnie, he had twenty-eight carries for sixty-eight yards, no touchdowns last week. They put up thirty-four in Indianapolis. The week before, didn't get to hundred rush yards, didn't score a rushing touchdown. They dominated the Kansas City Chiefs, averaged less the average three yards per carry in the game. He is a running back when it's all said and done. Like the thing is, and I know people have for, he was on the team when Marcus Mariota was the quarterback and none of this was the case. You know what saved the Tennessee Titans? Ryan Tannehill, not Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's amazing, but again, that's why he was never winning MVP. I am very prepared to find wherever these discounts are going to be on the Tennessee Titans and back this team. I look forward to their updated win total price. I also think, Donnie, and we'll break the game down more in our second hour, but getting over the touchdown against a great Ramstein, who we'll talk about in a minute as well, is going to be enticing. Maybe I'll be dead wrong. Maybe Tannehill needs Henry as much as Henry needs Tannehill But we'll find out, listen, again, Adrian Peterson off the scrappy, Jeremy McNichols stepping up. All I know is I've seen this team win games with big offensive performances despite Henry not having many, many things in terms of a big output to do with it.
4: Yeah, and we'll find out this weekend also because sometimes my devious mind, the way it works with Team Total, says, uh-huh.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: nobody's going to be looking for the Tennessee Titans this week on offense. They just lost Derrick Henry at running back. They're going to struggle here. They're playing a big-time opponent. They're going to be deflated coming into this. You know what that means to me? A lot less handles here and a lot more passes, which means incomplete passes to stop the clock, big plays down the field, turnovers. So that'll be something to keep an eye on here, but also the psyche of the team. How many times do we see it, Kevin, particularly from a a, uh, player's perspective, right? Ooh, the NBA, you're down your starters last night for the 76ers. They beat the Trailblazers. But if that goes on for two, three, or four games, The Sixers probably end up 1-3 overall. You can cover in that first game and get the adrenaline turned up and everybody pulls their own weight. But after a while, your superstar players are superstars for a reason and why they play the most minutes on your team. So maybe this week you can get together a game plan that maybe the Rams aren't looking forward to and have a surprise, but we'll see how long this lasts because, again, Henry's not coming back in two or three weeks. He might be going for the season. They Mm got to get on with tomorrow, which is actually starting today, technically, with the
3: trade deadline. Speaking of the Los Angeles Rams, they send out second and third round draft choices to the Denver Broncos for Von Miller. A stunning blockbuster move that sends Von Miller to an LA Rams team that is looking to win a Super Bowl. And one of my favorite things that happens when a team does this is apparently everyone is under the impression that only the Rams are looking to win a Super Bowl. Oh boy, Rams all in. Folks, what are the Bucks? What are the Packers all in? Are the Dallas Cowboys not looking to win a Super Bowl this year? Are the Arizona Cardinals under the impression that they're going to win the NFC West for a decade plus? That's not how this works. How this works is you get great players and stay competitive. Jalen Ramsey, Matthew Stafford. Stop worrying about cap space. The thing is a complete myth. Just get the Broncos to eat the entire Von Miller contract. Bring in not only a player in Von Miller who is an absolute star, who has won a Super Bowl, a Super Bowl MVP, and is tremendous for any locker room, but now is on a defensive line with Aaron Donald where Donald will look and go, oh my goodness, this frees me up. And Von Miller, the same, a tremendous move by any stretch to me, Donnie, for the LA Rams. And I think they still, and we've been saying this for a while, they deserve to be the favorites to win the NFC. They
4: they really do, because you thought, hey, Tampa Bay, what have they done? And they won the Super Bowl last year, and they're still going to be good, even though they fell to the New Orleans Saints here in the Dome for the second straight year with Tom Brady. They're still going to be okay, but let's take a look from a Rams perspective. And why we really like this, Kevin, right? Because it's about maximizing your window when you're in a championship mindset here. And you get Jared Goff out of town. You bring Matthew Stafford in. You have a veteran presence out there. Now you're looking to surround him with the talent that says, here's why we brought you in. And what's a quarterback's best friend other than having Cooper Cup at wide receiver? It's a great defense. So no matter what you do as a quarterback, you're always going to be in the football game. And also keep in mind, when you take a look from a Rams perspective and a Denver Broncos perspective, they gave up a second and third round pick. Von Miller probably could have been had for a third round pick, but you would have to take on a $9 million salary, which you may not have been able to fit that in since this is, you know, halfway through the season and you can't make as many moves in the offseason. But let's be real here on this. The people out there that are saying, oh man, you gave up a two and a three for a rental in Von Miller. Are you kidding me on this? Is Von Miller going to retire next year? And if you remember just a few short years ago when the Rams were over the cap, signed Jalen Ramsey to a monster (laughs) extension, Cooper Cup, and there was one other play maybe it was Aaron Donald, and they got under the salary cap. They spent $300 million when they were over the cap and turned out to be under the cap after that. Kroenke is one of the deepest pocketed owners in the NFL. You're telling me Von Miller is going to go to the Rams organization and at the end of the season go, Yeah, it was fun. I won a Super Bowl, but, you know, I'm looking to spread my wings and maybe get down to Atlanta to finish my career. Absolutely not. He's going to stay in L.A. They're going to sign him long-term. So, as you're looking at, well, they gave up a second and third. You would rather have a second and third-round pick than Von Miller at a Pro Bowl level for at least over the next two to three years? Big-time winner in this one, the Rams. Big-time, Kevin.
3: And I'll say their odds in the NFC title now have Tampa at plus 310 and Rams at plus 330. Again, the Rams, I think, deserve to be booked in front of the Bucs. We saw those teams play, for the most part, non-competitive. The Rams dominated them. I am surprised the Rams didn't move to favorites in the NFC West. Even money to a Cardinals minus 120 price right now, Donnie. I guess that Arizona head-to-head victory makes all the difference. And not in the sense of, oh, the Cardinals beat them head-to-head, they're better. In the sense that if, by chance, the Cardinals beat them the second time, which is a game that will be in Arizona... Taking both of those games could make a massive difference. Other than that, I can't come up with the reason why Arizona, who's plus 550 to win the NFC championship, is still in front of a Rams team overall for a division.
4: Yeah, I think it'll start to quickly shift also. Take a look at this week coming up. You know, you thought the Titans would come to town with Derrick Henry. They're not. Rams probably going to win that football game. You'll see that slowly change around. Even if both of these teams continue to win, let's say Arizona wins, then you got, you know, same thing on the opposite side. The Rams win. Mm-hmm. I think those lines will shorten up here, but we are waiting for that game because you're correct. You technically have to book the Arizona Cardinals as the favorite because if they do, had they game at home versus the Rams where, let's be frank here, they blew the Rams out of the building when they went on the road to Los Angeles. And if they win that, that's a de facto two-game win. So I do agree right now Arizona deserves to be the favorite. But you're right. Over the summer, when we were talking about the NFC West, I was on the Niners for a good majority of it. And I said, now, wait a second here. I don't want to outsmart myself. Look at the talent on the Rams. So I think the Rams will actually win this division here, Kevin. I would take that plus money price right now.
3: All these elite NFC teams with wins against one another, except for Dallas. They haven't beaten any of these elite teams just yet. I will say there is one more thing. Good point. Seventh seed coming yep. soon. Uh, there is also the Jameis Winston injury news. We'll talk about that and a quick preview of today's NFL trade deadline before the college football top four.
2: Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary, cannot be combined with any other offer.
1: ba da ba
3: Still here in hour number one of the early line. Donnie and I are gonna give you our top pens in college football, but just in a moment here. Because today is the trade deadline in the NFL. And one team, Donnie, that might be on the phone are the New Orleans Saints as it was confirmed that Jameis Winston does have a torn ACL. And I got to tell you, they're just talking about the Denver Broncos sending out Von Miller. If you're the Saints, a lot of the worries is perhaps a quarterback that is unfamiliar with your system. You could fix those woes with Teddy Bridgewater. And I cannot come up with, a single argument that would be had in a realistic state of mind for the Broncos to not listen to that phone call. You just sent out Von Miller. Don't tell me you're competing. Let Drew Locke start the back nine. And if the Saints are willing to give you a legitimate offer for Teddy, I think you take it.
4: Yeah, Denver Broncos pulled the plug on the season with the Von Miller move. They're not actively trying to get in the playoffs. They're trying to set up the future. And credit the organization of John Owe for actually doing that and doing the right thing here. You know, Von Miller, you saw him tearing up when he's giving his interview. You know, you brought him in and hey, look, we're, you're going to help the organization out. You're going to go to a great organization, maybe win a championship. It made sense for both sides. And now you take a look at Teddy Bridgewater, who we said starting the season, right? The one thing that we know about the Denver Broncos is Teddy Bridgewater is not going to be your future. The one thing that we think we know that Drew Locke is not going to be your future. But the guy that you need to think about a little bit longer, Drew Locke, you got to see some extended play out here. you got to get him back with healthy wide receivers like they have now. So it makes a great point here because Teddy Bridgewater did have success under Sean Payton and knows that offense and can fill in. If you are the New Orleans Saints, are you mortgaging your future here to get a rental quarterback? No, you're not. But there's motivated parties on both sides. Teddy Bridgewater, again, not going to be the future. He would fit perfectly in New Orleans. And quite frankly, it's even said that. I wasn't even thinking about a possible move that would make sense. I was thinking about another quarterback They're going to explain in just a few minutes here. But Teddy Bridgewater in New Orleans, because also keep in mind, Jameis Winston, it's November now. Torn ACL and also MCL damage. Typical time frame to come back, it's usually a little bit shorter for a quarterback because he's not running and cutting and putting a lot of, you know, torque on that knee just by moving around. He'll be in the pocket. So use your, you know, your plant foot and stuff like that. I understand. But let's just say he's up the full year. So he doesn't come back till November of next year. Who's going to be your quarterback at this time? Do you really trust mm-hmm. Taysom Hill who now has his bell rung and hey, who knows when he's actually coming back? And you're telling me that, hey, we like our quarterbacks in the house because Trevor Simeon is the answer. That's an interesting one to bring up. Also, when we talk about the trade deadlines here, another quarterback who's not in the future plans in a team that might still be battling for playoff position. Kevin, you know who that is? That is one Jimmy Garoppolo for the San Francisco 49ers. Mm. Can he be had? Because if he comes down to New Orleans and just plays his average brand of football, they can make it to the playoffs. The synopsis here to start our trade deadline talk here with the Saints is, I think if they get a legitimate starting quarterback, a veteran presence, they can make the playoffs here. It's just a matter of weighing in what you want to actually do with your draft picks here because you're not going to give up a first or a second rounder. But if you can get a veteran guy who knows with Jimmy Garoppolo and also on the opposite side of with Teddy Bridgewater, they're not going to cost you that much and they're not going to be the futures and the other team doesn't really want them or be in their plans. I think it makes sense here.
3: For me, Donnie, I think they could make the playoffs with Trevor Simeon. That's how highly I think of Sean Payton, Mm. what he's put forward over the past couple of seasons where he starts, no matter whoever at quarterback, and finds ways to win games. It also is commentary on the back end of the NFC. The thing is, if they get the quarterback position right, why can't this team go out there and be legitimately competitive with the top? They beat the Bucs. They beat the Packers. They should not be squandering seasons, as we've talked about with the Rams, these things, they come, they go fast. Listen, tomorrow we'll have a full breakdown of the deadline. The last question I'll have done before we go to college football, will we be breaking down a Deshaun Watson trade? Absolutely
4: not. Absolutely not. Now, we've seen crazier things happen, and you know, deadline pressure makes deals go through, or they always wait to the last minute. Show me your best offer. What are you going to give me for that? But the simple fact is, let's just say the Miami Dolphins are the trade partner here for the Houston Texans. The point is, what for the Dolphins? to get him in and, let him know the system, and they stink. And he might only, you know, burn up some draft capital. You know, in the meantime, meaning for next year's draft, with whatever you have, where if you're bad, you will move up in the standings of the draft and be able to get a better football player. I don't see the point in that. The only reason why I would see something would make work with the Deshaun Watson, if you flip them over to again the New Orleans Saints, the Saints. You know, we'll give up a uh, first rounder next year and a uh, second conditional the year after that. Trade him here, and he weighs his no trade clause, and he goes there, and he gets on the football field in two weeks, and can lead you. And if he's back to his elite status. You could do some damage here. But outside of that, the point for Houston, outside of just moving on and washing your hands of Deshaun Watson and not worrying about what you're getting back in compensation, I don't see it
3: happening here, Kevin. I don't. Do you? No, it would be a complete stunner at this point. I don't. I just, it's for both parties. For the Texans and you trade them now, you're very likely not maximizing the value of a high level quarterback. If you're the Dolphins and you make that move, you run on the risk that guy never actually plays in the NFL again. It's too many question marks. I'm not sure it ultimately – I don't think it gets done. I'd be very, very surprised. I do think we will get some fun updates. I hope for Donnie's sake Ronald Jones finds himself a yes. new football team because it's pushing. still not a big asking price that Donnie needs. for the. Quickly, I'll also add this. I did the math. Allen Robinson only needs to average 90 receiving yards per game, Ooh. and we'll get on Let's home come. there. Come on, big Al. Plenty of time uh-huh. with Dalton back under center something we'll also be talking about tomorrow is the initial rankings from the college football playoff committee their top 25 more importantly their top four will it be accurate i'm not sure but donnie and i are going to give you the most accurate top tens well mine and then donnie's inaccurate top 10 is probably what you'll be getting here as well because i'm seeing i mean the fighting irish folks i mean what does this team have to do to get a little respect here. Donnie, why don't you lead us off with the back five from your rankings. We'll get to the top five in time, but some of the teams that just missed out and perhaps their CFP hopes are still alive.
4: Yep, DRS's DRS top 10 here. We're going to start with the number 10 team is the Michigan Wolverines. Look, they played really well to start that game against an unbeaten Michigan State team on the road. Weren't able to be victorious. They end up losing the game. So we'll drop them down a couple spots here. But it looks like they're going to be pretty competitive here and some chances maybe to get back into the race in the Big Ten. We shall see. Notre Dame in the nine position. Seems like almost Notre Dame is a little bit in the afterthoughts now since they do have a loss on their season at home to Cincinnati. And Cincinnati technically still should be above them. But they're lurking in that area where if anybody trips up, they don't have that hard of a schedule. They can creep back up a little bit higher. Take a look at Wake Forest. I told you all along how good Wake Forest was. I told you early (laughs) in August, Wake Forest will appear in the top 10 by the end of the season and be unbeaten at this point. Well, I really didn't, but I bet on it to say they'd have a decent football team, and they cashed in, my team told here. But they're in a Power 5 conference, they're unbeaten, and there's a legitimate chance that they could run the table in the ACC and win the ACC championship game. So maybe championship aspirations on the horizon at Wake. My goodness, Sam Hartman, what have you done? Oregon, number seven, another team. In the background here for me, Kevin, talking about sort of like Notre Dame. Does anybody remember that they went in and blasted Ohio State in the horseshoe? One of those major feats that nobody does. Yes, they have one loss, but it's actually when they lost like, Ah, good. Drop them out of the top 20 completely. You see the way Ohio State is playing football right now. That is a good team. And they won on the road. Number six, the Ohio State Buckeyes. Yes. And it does say, wait a second, Donnie. Just said, look at that. Morgan went into Ohio State and beat them down. Why do you have him behind them? Because if you just do the eyeball test here and they matched up again, I think the outcome will be different. That's all we have in college football because they're probably not going to play again. But I do still think Ohio yeah. State is better overall once the season ends and is a more talented squad. So my top five to round it out, the Cincinnati Bearcats, they haven't done anything wrong. They just haven't played very many good teams. And when you are a power five team or non or group of five team, I should say, you're not going to get the same treatment as the power fives. Since that is good. Do they deserve to be in the college football playoff at some level? Yes, they do, but not in my top four, Kevin.
3: So overall, right, Donnie, when I look through my top 10, we both have Michigan at the 10 spot. I didn't get wake in there more than understandable. At the end of the day, they're an unbeaten ACC team. Clemson was going to play. Nobody and we're going to find their way as the number one team in the country by playing nobody. So, wait, totally fair. I will say, I have our favorite team in the country.
4: All right, looks like Kevin dipped out a little bit here as we go over. So, I mean, going over Kevin's top ten, if you guys want to slide that marker over, I'll finish it out and tell you why that Kevin is actually wrong here. Top ten team, Michigan. I agree with that. I really do. I think Michigan should be in there. Both myself and Kevin have that top ten. Oklahoma State sitting there in the nine spot. Look, both myself and Kevin bet their team total over, which they need one more team total to actually hit that here. So if we take a look at Oklahoma State, they do have a legitimate chance to run the rest of the table, possibly win the Big 12, and find themselves in the conversation for saying, hey, hey. We can win a national championship. Let us in. We're still in a power five conference here. The number 18, Kevin's favorite, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, which I have in a similar spot here. I just have them ranked at ninth. As I talked about myself, one loss here, sort of in the background. Need some help from the other teams, but still a talented football team. Nonetheless, if we flip it up here and take a look at Michigan State, they're a good football team. Now, I don't want to splash the pot here, so hopefully Kevin comes back soon, but I have Michigan State ranked a little bit higher at this point than Kevin does. But I can see where the faults will be. How good is Michigan State actually, right? When you take a look at Michigan State and say, who have they played? Not many good football teams, but you can only play the teams that are actually on your schedule. They played Michigan. They beat Michigan. They looked good beating Michigan with a running back that could basically carry you to victories here with Walker. And maybe he ends up in the Heisman Trophy race. So as we keep moving south here, Cincinnati at six. I have Cincinnati one spot higher here because I believe in the sanctity of a perfect record. And you're asked about to do everything here. So Kevin, when we take a look at the Cincinnati Bearcats sitting here at six, still don't have Kevin yet. That's okay. So he doesn't want to answer for Cincinnati. I'll answer. Cincinnati is good. Cincinnati deserves to be in the college football playoff. But I think Kevin and myself are both right with ranking them outside because I still think we need a little bit more help at this point when you're trying to get a group of five team into that playoff. And again, Cincinnati hasn't done anything wrong here so far. All they're doing is beating the teams on their schedule and we'll let the chips fall. But again, you don't get the benefit of the Power 5 schools who play a tougher conference schedule than what we're seeing out of Cincinnati. So then if we get in here to closer, his fifth team, Oregon. There's a lot of respect Kevin's given to Oregon, and rightfully so. I have them listed in the 7-hole. Kevin has them in the 5-hole. They beat Ohio State. Maybe the most impressive win out of anybody in college football was Oregon going into the horseshoe here and picking up a victory over Ohio State. All right. Let's shift back in here. I'm going to get into my top five teams here and what I think is going to take place. It's going to be top four teams in the playoff. I'm giving Michigan State the number four ranking here. I don't particularly like Michigan State, but you got to respect it. They are undefeated. They are beating teams You know that they have to beat. And you say, well, look at some of these games that they struggled early on. They barely won by a touchdown. We've seen that from national championship contenders over the years. But when you're taking a look at a football team, Now, when you say Mel Tucker has done an unbelievable job, which he has, is getting this team to fight each and every week in college football. And that turns into, ha-ha, did you see last Saturday? Michigan's blowing out Michigan State. Boy, what a fraud they were. They came back and won that football game. Congratulations to Michigan State. If the season ended today, they are in the top four for me. Number three, Oklahoma, unbeaten. Sanctity of that as well. Caleb Williams having a pretty good run here down the back stretcher in the college football season. It ramps up over the next three weeks, but they deserve today to be in the college football playoff. And then the top two teams on my list here, Alabama and Georgia. My only hope is here that Alabama can continue to win and get into the SEC championship game. Georgia can continue to win and get into the SEC championship game. And then Alabama can beat them. So why? I can get a rematch in the college football playoff to see if that can hold up here and who's actually going to win the national championship. Stay tuned with us here on The Early Line. We will be right back after the break. hour here, right here on the early line, With myself on the right side and Kevin Rawls, breaking down a little bit of college football, and I'm going to finish out Kevin's top 10, because why are we talking about this, making up both of our top 10s here? Because the college football playoff show is coming up shortly here, and it's one of my pet peeves where they always do it wrong, so both myself and Kevin figured that we would do it right. So let's get into Kevin's playoff scenario here if it ended today, and take a look at what Kevin's television show would look like here. Top four I do agree with a lot of these selections here. Alabama's the four team. I think Alabama technically right now is the second best overall team. But it doesn't matter where they're lined up to me, whether they're one, whether they're two, whether they're three or four, because all we're looking to do is get these teams into the playoff to have the best football playoff that we could possibly have. So Alabama deserving to be in the top four. Kevin has the Ohio State University here in his top two, uh, top four. I have them at six, so he's giving them a lot of respect. Now, also, this is coming from Kevin as well, who bet the team total over on Ohio State, so maybe he's a little personal bias at this end here to try to squeak them into the playoff, which means probably ran the table here in the rest of the Big Ten schedule and also in the Big Ten title game to make it in. But I don't have any faults on that. Ohio State is extremely talented. They are a top four talented team here in college football. Number two, the Oklahoma Sooners. Hey, maybe just getting rid of Spencer Ratley here and going to a freshman quarterback was everything you needed to punch your ticket into the college football playoff. But even as we look at that here, you had a lot of easy cupcakes on your schedule over the past couple of weeks for Oklahoma. It starts to ramp up with good football teams, ranked football teams, and, oh, yeah, still going to have to win the Big 12 title game, but that's looking into the future here. We're just looking for the here and now. Kevin actually doesn't want to care about that Kansas loss, do you, Kevin, Ooh. or Kansas possibility of a loss with OU? Ooh. Huh?
3: Someone pulled me out of here. They knew that my, my I top I 10 was it. too good for me to actually break down. I just assume I should be booing Donnie. I'm assuming he's giving a bad take here.
4: Man, I was having so oh much boy. fun without you.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I got to imagine. I mean, I just wanted to give Caleb Williams his shine. And now we're hitting a break. Hour number two. Hopefully Donnie doesn't kick me out again. I got takes, people. Plenty of them.
0: Sports info is everywhere. We We cut through all the clutter and bring you actionable insights and expert perspectives. Every single day, this is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it.
1: You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks?